Today's show is sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com. I could talk about this forever. You already know the drill. If you need awesome laser edge glassware at wholesale prices and you are a bourbon group, you are a store, you're a distillery, you got to talk to the folks at distilleryproducts.com. Reach out to me. I would be happy to get you in touch with them. They have amazing prices and do amazing work at distilleryproducts.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Orca Coolers. Make this summer the coolest summer ever. With Orca, they have something for everyone from American-made, lifetime-guaranteed hardside coolers to stainless steel whiskey barrel tumblers. They're ready to have your name on it. I got a hard cooler, a soft cooler. I got a few of these whiskey barrel tumblers. I'm getting ready to make my barbecues awesome. Use code DADS20 for 20% off of your order at Orca Coolers. That is code DADS20. Adds 20 and you're going to get 20% off. And that actually means something pretty substantial when you go to get a new cooler. So check them out. OrcaCoolers.com. Use code DADS20 for 20% off. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action 24-7. You want action? Get in on the action. Use code DADS100 and they will match up to $400 of your first deposit. That's use code DADS100. You will get up to $400 on your first deposit deposit matched by action 24 7 so much going on preds unfortunately are out of the nhl playoffs but college baseball is going on there's nba playoff insurance nba player props and tennessee parlays go ahead and check out your specials section and your actions tab when you are in action 247.com don't forget to use code dads 100 All right, so if you were following along with us last episode, we were about to tell people what happened at Sam's Club, but then you wanted to talk about how you peed while talking on the phone. So, like, tell everyone what happened, because this was freaking weird. The first thing, so this doesn't actually seem as strange to people, was I'm in the the checkout line at Sam's with John on speakerphone, even though he doesn't think I'm swift enough to use speaker. I can't. Wait, you had me on speakerphone at Sam's, and you didn't give me a heads up saying, hey, I got you on speakerphone? I didn't think it was within earshot of anyone. And it wasn't, I don't reckon. He came in earshot of me. But if you're in the checkout line, like there's a lot of people in earshot of the checkout line. Well, no. See, this is for, if you have the app, you just pay for everything on the app and they give you a QR code. So it's in the line just to have all your shit scanned. It's not really a checkout line. I've already checked out. I'm just waiting to have my buggy scanned out. Oh, like when they look and see that you have everything that's on the receipt? Yep. Okay. They just scan the QR code on my phone, scan three items in the buggy and say, thank you. All right. I got you. It's funny how all those stores like Sam's and Costco do that. Like they're the only stores that check your receipt to be like, y'all stealing anything. Well, that's why I don't go to Costco anymore. They don't have the app and you got to wait in line to check out. That's the pain in the ass. Sam's, you can scan everything on your phone, bypass all the idiots in line, just walk straight to the door. Done. Boom. Had no idea. But anyways, continue. So you're in the checkout line. Yes, I'm standing there in this old country bumpkin trying to get him a piece of pizza or whatever looks over. He's like, who are you talking to? I was like, buddy of mine. Oh, what are you talking about? I don't know, just bullshitting. Oh, let me talk to him. All right, fair enough. <laughs> now, you must have been on mute when this was happening because I didn't hear this at all. Well, I think I turned my head because he was like standing off to the I mean, he wasn't, he was probably good like six foot or more away from me. He wasn't like rubbing up on me or anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, I turned my head to be like, what in the hell is this idiot doing? Oh, and then he gets on the phone. I forget what he said the first time. I think he's trying to act like I was at a strip club or something. No, the first time he yelled something, but the second time, then he was trying to act like you were at the strip club. And I was just so amazed. I mean, we said that over and over. I'm like, 
who was that guy? And then when he came back and yelled back into the phone about like you getting a lap dance, I was like, <laughs> who is this guy? And the fact that he came back for round two was the most amazing thing. Who just yells into someone's random phone? You never know who you'll meet in Antioch, Tennessee. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me as always is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Hi, Zeke. Hello, big cat. How's it going there, Geek Baker? <laughs> uh, you know, fair to Midland, fair to Midland. You know, I know you're big on this no days off. You're going to have to take a day off from the gym, your extracurriculars or, or something, because it was hell getting the lid off this Boston round earlier. Really? The one for this one? I was just like, man, oh boy's really flexing his, uh, his grip and rest strength here. There you go. Right <laughs> there. You can't show a bicep and call that a same thing there, but What are you, you talking about forearm strength instead of bicep <laughs> well, strength? I, I mean, I just said wrist and grip. <laughs> Those two <laughs> words came out. It wasn't a tongue twister. I mean, I feel like your <laughs> bicep goes into there too. It's total arm, <laughs> total arm strength, buddy. You're putting a bicep into certain things. I'm worried. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad you got it open. You know, they have those little rubber things that you can put on tops and twist it, and it comes off super easy. Yeah, I never believed in using those. You wouldn't, but like the philo- Can you just write a damn book at this point? Because It's like those books like shit my dad says that that guy put out when his dad was a little bit older. Like, Yeah, I read. That's one of the few books I read. I feel like there could be like a shit Zeke says book. Yeah, this wouldn't be as eloquent. I feel like there'd be like five words in this big ass blank page. I don't think it needs to be eloquent. I think (laughs) it can just be kind of Zeke-ism. So even if it is five words on a page, it's like, what are your life philosophy points? Each page could just be a different topic. Like, how do you feel about peeing while you're on the cell phone? How do you feel about worrying? How do you feel about washing your hands? Like, whatever it is, you could put all these things on there and everybody could read about it. We're going to need a strong legal disclaimer before that ever goes out to anyone. Just because somehow things are going to get interpreted the wrong way or something's going to happen to somebody that wasn't as fortunate as me in a certain time or situation. And I I don't want to be held liable. Fair enough. So it is a funny story about what we're drinking tonight. This is a listener, Brian Steffs, and this has been a long time coming. Admittedly, I am sorry, Brian. He went and picked a whole barrel of Knob Creek by himself. This isn't a guy who like split it with the store. The dude got a whole barrel of Knob Creek for himself. And this is what happened. So he sent me the bottle and then I I poured out a sample for Zeke. Zeke lost the sample. In the time that Zeke lost the sample, I drank the first bottle because it went down very, very, very easy. And then Brian kept asking me, he's like, hey, I just want to know what your tasting notes are. I really would love to get my barrel actually reviewed by both of you. And then I was kind of like, well, shit, 
it was so good, I didn't have tasting notes. I just kept drinking it. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll get you tasting notes. I'll get you tasting notes. And then I never got him tasting notes. And then before I knew it, the bottle was gone. So then I had to reach out to him and say, hey, I didn't actually write down notes, but your bottle was so good, I need another bottle. So Brian was nice enough to send us another bottle out of his collection. I really appreciate that. (laughs) And I'm sorry. But I'm also not sorry because that was a really damn good Knob Creek. Well, at least if we took the whole barrel, I feel like he would have had one or two to spare. (laughs) But no, thanks as well, Brian. Um, I do kind of laugh, though, too. And I think I probably use the line more than you, but it it confuses the shit out of people sometimes. It's like, oh, how was it? Oh, man, it's gone in like two or three days. So you liked it or you hated it? Because, you know, there's times like it just wasn't good. I didn't have to pour it for anybody else. I just drank the damn thing. So I wouldn't have to talk about it or share it or anybody else complain. But then flip sides, it was so damn good. I couldn't stop getting into it. You know, like the the bullet we're going to have coming in real soon. I I, uh, 100% know that's going to fall in that realm. But, it's you know, we kind of jacked ourselves into this situation. and We can't use that line. And people just, oh, I know what you mean. Because it's like, you do both. What the hell am I supposed to interpret that is? If I drink it quick, it's really good. I, I don't normally. Maybe it's just a me thing then. I think that's a you thing. Because you know what I do? Well, here, here. So if we get whiskey and it's not our favorite, I just give it to you. Glad to know I'm the Mikey of the show. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I get rid of it. So it's it's gone in a couple of days, but it's gone in a couple of days by the fact that it is now in your house and not in mine. I'll keep that in mind next time I'm down there and you tell me I can get a pour or whatever I want. All right. Anyways, thank you, Brian, for sending us this bottle twice. We really appreciate it. Because I was not able to give you pretty good tasting notes before, I'm going to let Zeke Baker go ahead and start and tell us what his tasting notes are for this whiskey. For this Knob Creek single barrel bourbon at 120 proof, as they all are. Nose-wise, I did pick up, uh, you know, ethanol at first, but I think if you've had any of these Knob Creeks at 120 proof, I'd be more surprised if I didn't. Once the, that blows off, which it normally will, uh, pretty quick as well. Uh, I thought it was somewhere between a blend of um, cognac-y and like a peanut syrup. It it had enough wood and texture in there to kind of remind me of a, a, a cognac-type smell, especially if you think about, I guess, a syrup connotation to it. Um, but definitely, I felt like it should be classified as like a, a peanut-type syrup almost, just because, you know, it's bean. If you didn't get any flash or flare or peanut, period, across the board, you know, I think it was a faux bean, if that's such a thing. Palette-wise, I felt this was a bit musty at first, and the two main things I picked up were both flashes of oak as well as um, some rye influence or presence. Moving towards the mid and the back, it it really seemed to have um, a dark cocoa powder kind of thing going on. Didn't really pick up a a ton of of the corn or or the peanutty kind of stuff you normally get out of beam. However, I kind of flipped the bottle around here and looked at it as after I tasted this a couple of times. This thing is about six months shy of being a 15-year you know, I guess kind of, at least in my own mind, confirmed what I'd picked up to a degree as far as at 15 years, that youthful, you know, beam nutty sweetness, you know, it just kind of gets overwhelmed by the oak. But I mean, who wouldn't expect that? So I felt like the profile was pretty much in line with the age 
And, and, you know, I guess some people use the terms off profile, but when something's in a barrel 15 years, who the hell knows what a profile is for it? Yeah. I mean, it's not your typical Knob Creek, but I got a whole lot on the taste where I think I really differed from you. I got a lot of cinnamon, cherry, and that oak. I mean, I agree with you 100%. At almost 15 years, there was a whole lot of oak there. The bigger thing for me is just the mouthfeel. I think that's what determines whether or not something is going to be a crusher for me or if it's something that I'm going to sip a little bit more. That mouthfeel really determines where I'm going to go with that. And this one coated your mouth very nicely. It wasn't too thick. It wasn't too thin. And I think that did a lot of credit for it. I, I think you can have something that kind of tastes one way. And if it doesn't have a mouthfeel, then you're going to feel a certain way, but like a, a mouthfeel kind of can amp up any other taste. And I think that's why I kind of look for mouthfeel first when we're doing a barrel pick. And then I think about taste second. Where are you going with this? You're laughing over there, having a good old time. <laughs> well, I kind of forgot about this, but recently I was asked the question, how come John uses the term mouthfeel in his notes a lot? And I hardly ever hear you say it. And at first, I was kind of caught off guard by it and didn't know how to do Who that. asked that? You know, something you still need to worry about. All right. <laughs> Is that one of those things you're going to tell me offline, or are you going to keep me hanging? A friend. All right. Of course, I kind of diverted from the actual trying to find the real answer behind this and just went with the inner asshole that I am. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. John's known for just being kind of like big and touchy-feely, and I'm known for having good or bad taste in things. <laughs> No, there's plenty of people. I mean, if you talk to to Justin from J Square Barrels and some of those other people, I mean, they're thinking about mouthfeel first. There's something for me, you could have all the taste in the world, but if it's a thin pour, like I kind of think of mouthfeel for me kind of directly correlates to price because what determines price is perceived value on something. And if something kind of has a meh mouthfeel, then that's not something I want to spend hundreds of dollars on and think that it's like a, a huge pour. I mean, I agree, but at the same time, I mean, wouldn't like a heavy paint have a good feel to it? 10W40 Motorola have a good feel to it? Listen, here's why I mention mouthfeel and Zeke doesn't. Zeke is the leadoff hitter. So Zeke is coming in with all these things. I don't want to say the same damn thing Zeke says. So I go different angles to fill in the gaps of what he didn't say. So if Zeke starts talking about mouthfeel all the time when he's leading off, I'm not going to talk about it when I come clean up. Fair enough. I mean, I will at least give you the benefit of the doubt and say, well, I mean, it is one of the five senses like in that book I used to read the kids. I mean, it, it's in there. So I, I guess it's applicable. I figure it just gives a good perspective for everybody that listens. That way we're, we sound well-rounded. <laughs> just like him just like msp oh man if our friend msp is listening zeke is relentless he's on the road to 400 so he needs support and i need more of this drink i would i mean this is not something that you can get in stores but i think i would bug brian for another bottle because i really enjoyed it what did you think about this whiskey at the end of the day sorry this is more winded than i care to be but i think it puts it in the right perspective there's people that when you get KC picks, they mail you a sample. They immediately ask the age. I always think that's bullshit. And more times than not, I'll disagree with people that want a big age statement and say, no, I want the 10-year, 12 tops. That's the kind of beam I like. 
That being said, this is the type of 14 to 15 year pick that gives people that memory and mindset of, ooh, it's a 14 or a 15 year barrel. I bet it's going to be great because this is really good bourbon all around. And again, it it is somewhat off profile, not in the sense of really good 15-year bourbon, but as far as what you would expect from Beam, and I think similar to, you know, Jack or, or any of the other big boys that are prominent brands, there's always people that for whatever reason, they'll tell you it's generally not their go-to or their thing. But then you pour them something like this that doesn't, you know, have the, the signature aspects to it. And if they don't know what you're pouring them, they're going to tell you it's damn good. And then they'll try to backtrack when, oh, it's what? Oh, well, uh, you know, I kind of liked it. Sorry, I didn't mean to be that you know embellishing about it, yada, yada, because they want to save face. But but that's where I, I really classify this. And again, sorry for being overly wordy, but I, I think that's kind of the the little like niche it falls into of, you know, uniqueness in bourbon and inside of a brand or, you know, the power of a single barrel. No, I think that's a fair shout. And I think, it, you know, Brian sent this to us because he wanted to know, did he pick a good barrel? Yes, Brian, you picked a great barrel. Number one. Number two. You're just probably not going to find it again. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find it again. So thank God you have over 100 bottles of this at your house because you're not going to find it again. And this is, I hope, what you're drinking every day. But you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's barrels like this that made everybody want to get 14, 15 year Knob Creeks when they came out, regardless of whether or not every 14 and 15 year Knob Creek barrel. I think that's one of the things with this brand that came up a lot as well was like, oh man, it's a 15 year. Did you know they're releasing 15 years? And then all of a sudden the age kind of crept back down and people were upset about it. And I'm like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You got to put it in perspective. This is a $50 bottle. It is a very, very good pick. It's 120 proof and it's 50 bucks. Just get something that's good that you want to drink. Whether or not it's 15 years, whether or not it's 14 years, whether or not it's 9, 10, 11 years, just find something. This is a solid pick at a solid price. I hope Knob Creek keeps it at 50 bucks, but I also hope Brian gets to pick another barrel someday because I'd love to see what else he picked. This is a good bottle. I do enjoy it. Trying to be long-winded like you. I want to be, I want to be like... I want to find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Thank you, Brian, again for sending us this whiskey. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Chances are you already have because you're listening to us right now. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers. Ciao.